All right, here we go. Take two. Take two. Tattoo Podcast. My name is Mike. Glad you're with us today. It's Tuesday, January 23rd, 2024. I say take two because we are, well, we're in living color this morning, today, Tuesday. We are videoing this podcast, and you will find the video on YouTube. Most days on YouTube, it's going to be the audio, but uh, we're doing, well, we're recording this on Monday. And I'm showered and cleaned up for a video. Most most of the time, it's very, very early that morning. I mean, we're talking 4 or 5 o'clock. Just like radio, man. A lot of these, uh, your disc jockeys you hear in the morning on the radio. Most of them, well, I won't say most of them, but a lot of them, if you were to see them, T-shirts, sweatpants, ball cap. They wake up, go in, do their show, then go home and do the shower thing. That's kind of like the uh, podcast. Now, sometimes, like on this podcast, it's going to drop 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning. Now, the YouTube video, it won't show up till later in the uh, day, but it's still going to show up on YouTube. If you have not found our YouTube channel, Tautoa uh, YouTube channel, you can do a search on YouTube for Tautoa, T-A-L-T-O-A. Or uh, just go to youtube.com forward slash Taltoa, T-A-L-T-O-A. If you haven't been to our website, we'd invite you to do that, Taltoa, T-A-L-T-O-A dot com. If you're looking at the video, just like it says on the screen, we are a freight broker training and consulting firm. Uh, We also consult trucking companies, uh, dispatchers, things of that nature. Matter of fact, we have a great little book here. You see that. Okay, if you're looking at YouTube, I'm holding it up. It's uh, Truck Dispatcher Training. That's it. It's it's, it's a real deal, man. And uh, you can get that from our website. Just go to Tautoa.com if you want to be a truck dispatcher. we talk more about that later on. Okay, today we're going to jump right into it. Uh, I told you yesterday we were going to be talking about how much money our brokers really making from owner-operator halls. Matter of fact, we're taking this uh, suggestion well, the article was an Overdrive magazine, truck magazine. We're going to talk about that today. Also, we're going to be going over the nation's best truck stops as compiled by Trucker Path. What else? We got a lot of, oh, we're going to be playing maybe true or false. And we got some weird news to talk about, but uh, we always do. All right, Overdrive. How much money are brokers really making from owner-operators and let's get real. It's not just owner-operators. Brokers don't sit back. I mean, the way that headline is, it sounds like freight brokers sit back. And when they find out they got an owner-operator on the phone, yeah, oh, we're going to score big. No, that's not what's happening. It doesn't matter if you're owner-operator or you're calling from Schneider, J.B. Hunt, Swift. It don't matter. Landstar doesn't matter the rates are going to be the same. The brokers are sitting there going, man, yeah, whenever an owner-operator calls, you can make a lot more money from that owner-operator than you can a big trucking company. To be honest with you, the opposite is true. If you want to get right down to brass tacks, why is that? An owner-operator, the cost per mile is more than what it would be for a large trucking company because they they can disperse that cost over a large number of trucks 
therefore making their profitability line lower than what an owner-operator might have. So a freight broker would be making more money off a large trucking company, actually, than an owner-operator, if you want to get right down to it. It's easier. It's going to be easier to negotiate with a large trucking company. Let me, let me kind of explain that a little bit more. Large trucking company, okay, we'll use Landstar, not picking on anybody per se, but let's use Landstar. they got an agent on every corner. Now, of course, that agent's making a commission, and maybe that's not a good example to use. Uh, maybe, you know, we're talking about, uh, let's, let's talk about trucking company has three, 400 trucks, and the dispatcher calls. That, that dispatcher, understand, they really don't have any skin in the game, most dispatchers have no skin in the game when it comes to negotiation. The only skin they have in the game is their supervisor jumping jumping their butt for taking a rate that that supervisor thought was too low. All right? So they're, they're kind of covering their backside, so to speak. But other than that, it's not their money. They get a paycheck at the end of the week or every other week or whatever they get paid. They're on salary, most of them. It's not like it used to be. Most most uh, dispatchers today, they're not getting any type of bonus for keeping their trucks moving or hitting X amount of miles they used to, but I don't hear that very much anymore. Still could be that way. Now, I'm not talking about independent dispatchers. I'm talking about employees. Individuals who are an employee of a trucking company. All right. Now, what does this article say? It says, how much do brokers make on loads you haul? Talking to you, owner-operators, which, you know, just blow that out. You know, they do the same thing. They, these magazines, they, these websites with trucker news and things like that, going to blow everything out of proportion to make it sound like something, to make it sound like news, and it's really not news. Or make make kind of make you feel like you're getting taken advantage of. You're not getting taken advantage of. Here's the deal: if you agree to haul a load for X amount of dollars, you said yes. No, you may not like the rate, but you said yes. I'll do that load. What's the problem? You agreed to it. Okay, that's the bottom line. Okay, if you negotiated, you got the best rate you could out of the broker or whatever it might be. You said yes. That is the bottom line. You said yes. All right. So it's it's nobody's fault. It's just the way it it's just the way it goes. Okay. And, and that's why a lot of these trucking companies, people that are in in the in in the place uh, to where they are able to negotiate. If you don't know how to negotiate with a freight broker, yeah, you're going to feel like you're getting taken advantage of all the time. The big problem lately. The big problem. Late, I say lately, it's probably the last 12 months for sure, over the last year. This dates back to, you know, early in 2023, maybe even going back to 2022. And if you wanted to argue the point, you could even say back to November of 2020, the election, which we're coming up to that again. Hopefully, hopefully come November, things are going to turn around and get different, you know, for everybody. But we will find out then and not until. But uh, the the capacity in relation to the available freight is way, way, way out of kilter. You you got more trucks out here. When I say capacity, I'm talking trucks. You got all these trucks out here, and you got all this freight. 
you, you, you know, back, back a few years ago, COVID, it was sort of even, you know, there was a high demand for capacity for, for trucks. Do you remember nothing on the shelves? Ah, who did we got? Who did we got? Okay. Uh, somebody texted me. We put that aside. Anyway, here's my wife. She's just giving me a heads up about going to the store. (laughs) But uh, during COVID, you remember the empty shelves, the toilet paper fiascos of the COVID era. All right. Well, a lot of people took that as a idea to go out there and buy their, you know, buy trucks, start a trucking company, which on the surface was a good idea, maybe, but it still don't make a lot of sense to me while these people did this. Go out and spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to buy trucks, trailers, get drivers, insurance, you know, everything that goes into owning a trucking company for a quick buck. Well, there the capacity got so great, and when I say capacity, the number of trucks on the road that were available to be loaded started outnumbering the freight when everything started evening out. Yeah, for a, a year, 18 months, it was good for trucking. But now, here we are. High fuel prices, freight rates are terrible. I mean, just downright awful. And we'll be talking about that. There'll be a video dropping, I think, if the government gets off its keister and posts the numbers. We'll have another video up on YouTube. Fuel and spot rate updates, but uh, hopefully that'll be later today. Speaking of Tuesday. But everything got out of kilter, and here we are. You know, at now a lot of trucking companies are going out of business, just like happened in 2008. And so we're getting close to things being equal again, or, you know, supply and demand about right, where you got this many trucks, this much freight, this much starting to even itself out. Now, it's not, it's not even close, but things are happening to get it to that point. Now, Let's go on and read this. DAT. Oh, here we go. I love hearing DAT get in the conversation. If you've ever done any business with DAT, as a broker, you know they are pro-trucking, anti-broker. They need the brokers to be able to have the loads, to be able to post. So trucking companies are able to uh, get their service, too. But who pays for it? We pay for it. Or brokers pay for it. If you're a broker, go check the rates out. Trucking company, too, check the rates out. Look how much lower the rates are for a trucking company than a broker. It's nuts. And, you know, you can just watch the AT's videos. And you're going to get a good idea quickly from watching their videos, how-to videos, that, oh, yeah, they're they're pro-trucking. Pretty much anti-broker. At least it, it feels that way on the surface. But anyway... DAT's chief analytics made himself available to questions and encouraged skepticism and constructive feedback on the company's data products despite this and his rigor in sharing sources and methodology. Many remained unconvinced. A recent nine-page study from DATCOA looked at data submitted by DAT's customers, DAT uh, customers and reported back an analysis of the margins posted by brokers Flatbed brokers came out with the highest mean average margin of more than 15% with Reefer, almost 14%, and Drive-In, 13%. That is 
they're, they're trying to tell you how much broker is making off the load. So, in other words, uh, if you're a reefer load and the load's paying thousand dollars, a broker made one hundred and fifty bucks. If you are a well, that's fat flatbed rather flatbed. Uh, if you're a reefer, same load, thousand dollars, broker made one hundred and forty. Dry van, thirteen percent. That would be one hundred and thirty. Dry van is always going to be the cheapest freight out there. Why is that, you may ask? There's more dry vans out there than anything. Well, look, Swift, J.B. Hunt, Schneider, they're all over the place. Who am I forgetting? U.S. Express. U.S.A. truck. They sold. U.S.A. did here a while back. But anyway, uh, sold to a German company. All of our our companies are being sold to companies overseas. Go figure. All right. Now, when I was brokering an average, on average, on average, I made 12.5% on every load. That Well, that's average. At the end of the month, you go back, you know, I may make uh, may have a load, I made $500 here, but I may have another load over here I made $50 on. But at the end of the month, it worked out to a 12.5% average, and I always continued that. So if you're starting a brokerage, you can think about that as well. Flatbed. When I started brokering, I was focused on dry van freight because that's kind of what I knew. And people always ask me, "What what kind of freight should I uh, work? What kind of what kind of freight should I be focused on?" Actually, your your niche is going to find you. Okay, like I said, I started out trying to work dry van freight. That's what I knew, but. One day I woke up and I was working all flatbed freight. I was a flatbed broker. I, I had done flatbed as well. I've done all kinds of equipment. Flatbed, refrigerated drive-in, uh, bottom dump, hopper bottom, tanker. Yeah, I, back in my day, I did a little bit of it all. But this is the way this story was, what caught my eye on this overdrive story is the way the headline was. How much money are brokers really making from owner-operators? Come on. Come on. That's kind of misleading. It's not just owner-operators. It's across the board. It's the way it works. Anyway, I want to talk about that a little bit. But if you're thinking about becoming a broker, if you're thinking about becoming a freight broker, freight broker agent, yeah, you're going to have some loads. Yeah, you're going to do pretty good on you're going to do pretty good. You're going to have other loads that not so much, but at the end of the month, probably going to be around 12 and a half, 13, 14% profit. And if you're a trucking company and you say yes, like I was talking about a moment ago, if you say yes to a rate, yeah, the rate may be low, you said yes. My, my advice to trucking companies, if the rate don't pay the bill, say no. And if you're a trucking company, you got to know your cost per mile, and you will be surprised at the number of trucking companies I deal with on a weekly basis that call in. I ask them what their cost per mile is, and they don't know. They don't know. They, they may give me a number for fuel. Well, what about your tires? 
uh, what about your insurance? What about your truck payments? What about your maintenance maintenance cost? You see what I'm getting at? What about you? You got to take in everything. You got to figure it all out. Get that cost per mile down. Matter of fact, I got a buddy who put together an app. He's not selling it. I don't. He may be now. I'll have to check with. Matter of fact, I ought to do an interview with him sometime. We're able to do that now. We're going to be doing interviews. I'm going to give him a shout. Maybe we can get him in here to do an interview because he's got this cost per mile thing down pat. I mean, he's got it going on. All right. Man, we went on and on about that. Uh, Tuesday, January 23rd. Today is Measure Your Feet Day. I don't know why. Handwriting Day. Pie day. You know, some, somebody actually went to the trouble, I guess. Of, I don't even know how you register a holiday. Uh, but Measure Your Feet Day. Uh, handwriting Day. Pie Day. Speak Up and Succeed Day. And today is Snowplow Mailbox Hockey Day. <laughs> we had to look that up. Where'd it go? Snowplow drivers often work long hours at all times of the day to keep streets safe for drivers. They keep the roads of cities and rural areas deliverable, drivable, so that business can continue as usual. Because of all their hard work, snowplow drivers get to have a little fun today. They are allowed to see how many mailboxes they can knock over with their plows. And they're given 20 extra points for boosting one into the next township. It's unclear how many points are given to snowplow drivers for just a normal mailbox takedown. (laughs) The day was created by Thomas and Ruth Roy of the Wellcat Holidays. Well, there you go. I I knew somebody was going to be scratching. I was scratching my head when I saw that, that today was uh, snowplow mailbox day, hockey day. Anyway. Hey, your birthday today. Happy birthday to you. You're in pretty good company. Humphrey, Humphrey, Humphrey Bogart. He's born on this day back in 1899, a year older than my grandmother. Buck Rogers in the 25th century. Gil Gerard. He's 81 today, born on this day back in 1943, 1944. Uh, Rucker Howard, or not Howard, Howard, Rucker Howard. The actor, he's been Blade Runner, Lady Hawk, Batman Begins. He passed in uh, 2019, but he was born on this day back in 1944. Richard Dean Anderson, MacGyver. 74 today. It just don't seem right, does it? This day in history, 1845, Congress decides that all national elections are to be held on the first Tuesday after the first Monday in November. If you've been wondering about that, why are they held on a Tuesday? Now you know. This day back in 1916, Montana sets the world's record for a temperature change in 24 hours, dropping from 44 degrees to 56 below zero. That's a big swing. We have those days here in Arkansas where I'm at. You know, we may start out. Well, we had one just the other day. The high for the day was going to be 51, 52 that was at midnight, and by noon it had dropped to like 15, something like that. You know, it just goes backwards. In uh, 1973, President Nixon announced the ceasefire in Vietnam, and that an accord had been reached to end the war. 
This day back in 1977, everybody was gathered around the TV. The miniseries Roots premiered on ABC. And what, six years later, the A-Team premiered on NBC. Mr. T. 2004, Friends filmed its last episode. 20 years ago today, they filmed their last episode. All right, do we have time? Let's see. True or false? We're going to get to that. We're going to. Uh, well, let's let's talk about the truck stops here for a minute. Truck stops. Nation's best truck stop as compiled by Truckers Path. Truckers Path, by the way, is a trucking specific navigation app. The best overall. Truck stops, top five anyway. In fifth place, Burt's Travel Plaza, Wellsville, Kansas. Coming in at number four for the overall top truck stops, Compass Travel Center, Demote, Indiana. Did I, that just, I don't feel like I pronounced that right. Demote? Anyway. Third place, Workman's Travel Center, just 35 miles east of me in Ozark, Arkansas. Is that the Love's Down No, I know which one it is. I, that's the one on 23, isn't it? Highway 23? May not be, but Highway 23, when you get off 40 there in Ozark, that's the pig trail. A lot of people ride their motorcycles up the road. Second place, Discount Truck Parking, Papano Beach, Florida. And at number one, Quick Star, number 1071 in Davenport, Iowa. Now, that was the overall truck stops. What about independent truck stops? Independent truck stops coming in fifth place. Stone's Truck Stop in Watertown, South Dakota. Number four, Burt's Travel Plaza, Wellsville, Kansas. Third place, Compass Travel Center, DeMott, Indiana. Second place, Workman's Travel Center, Ozark, Arkansas. And in first place, discount truck parking, Papano Beach, Florida. That was uh, the independent truck stops, top five. Again, these truck stops, the ratings are coming in from Trucker Path. So if you don't agree, I get it. I'm just reporting it. Not making this stuff up. <laughs> okay, chain truck stops, top five. Love's Travel Stop, number 665 in Angleton, Texas. Fourth place, TA Ozarks, number 924, Mount Vernon, Missouri. Third place, Quick Trip, number 1048, West Salem, Wisconsin. Second place, Quick Trip, number 202, Plover, Wisconsin. And in first place, Quick Star, number 1071, Davenport, Iowa. Now you know. All right, we're going to do some true or false here. We got time? Sure, why not? Okay, true or false, a game we like to play occasionally. True or false? Almonds are the only nuts mentioned in the Bible. True or false? Any idea? If you said true, you're wrong. Pistachios are also mentioned in the Bible. All right, the first child ever born on the continent of Antarctica wasn't born until 1978. True or false? If you said true, you are correct. All right, next, the average person, this is true or false, 
you can play along at home. Not going to win anything, but uh, the average person takes between 8,000 and 10,000 steps a day. True or false? Well, according to the American Podiatric Association, I know I purchased that, went blank. Yeah, it's true. The average person takes between eight and 10,000 steps a day. There are 21 flowers on each Oreo cookie. True or false? I had to think about that, too. I know the little decorations, but I never knew they were flowers. I knew they were there. Didn't think too much about the design. And giving you a chance, if you got an Oreo cookie, pull it out and count. Again, there are 21 flowers on each Oreo cookie, true or false. If you said true, you are wrong. <laughs> 24, 24, 24. Okay, that's enough of that. We'll play some more later on down the road. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this Tuesday. Tato Up Podcast. We will be back tomorrow if all things go according to plan. Till then, have a great Tuesday. Unless, of course, you've made other plans, don't forget to check out Taltoa. Uh, we got the uh, truck dispatcher training manual available for you there on our website. We've got a freight broker training manual available as well. We do website design. And new for freight brokers, before we get out of here, I want to tell you about this. If you are a freight brokerage company, you've been looking for a way to train new people or train your people, well, we've got we got a solution for you. We can customize training, on-demand training for your company. You can have it for a year. I mean, you can obviously renew, uh, but we can even do uh, customized orientation. When I say customized, it's going to have your logo, your name. It's going to have your information up there. So keep that in mind. You can uh, now nothing's on our website about that yet. But if you have questions about that, like to know more, yeah, feel free to call me four seven nine six six eight. 0838. All right, we're getting out of here. We will talk to you tomorrow. Have a great day. Hey, how you doing? I'm Mike. I'm the host for the Tautoa podcast and the lead consultant for Tautoa. Tautoa is a transportation and logistics training and consulting firm, and we work with freight brokers, freight broker agents, independent truck dispatchers, all types of trucking companies, you name it, we're there. It's transportation, right? If you're a new startup brokerage or maybe an agent, maybe you're thinking about starting your own freight brokerage or becoming a freight broker agent or independent truck dispatcher, well, I hope you'll take a few minutes to visit our website at Tautoa.com. That's T-A-L-T-O-A.com. We have multiple training options that include consulting, that will fit any budget and pretty much any need you may have. As a matter of fact, your first training session is on us. It's free. And it's available on our website. Again, Taltoa, T-A-L-T-O-A.com. Now, if you have any questions, feel free to call me, 479-668-0838.